Hey, this is Corey with a C and an E. Hey, this is Sean. If you're listening to this, you made it. You made it to podcast episode number two. And that means that me and Corey made it to podcast episode number two as well. We were considering stopping after the grand success of episode number one. (laughs) But we decided that we wanted more. Seriously, though, within the first like two days, we had hundreds of downloads and we are so uh, surprised, (laughs) grateful, thankful. Surprised is probably how we are anytime anyone likes us. Surprised is accurate. So seriously, thank you so much. If you're one of our friends that uh, saw it on social media that we were um, starting this or doing this, uh, we are so humbled that there's so many people out there now that are a part of our conversation and a part of the conversations that we're having with um, these interesting and beautiful and fascinating people that we've encountered on our venture through the music industry. So in this podcast, uh, we're going to talk about music publishing and we're going to talk to a music publisher. I think it's important to know that we really don't know that much about this topic. Um, And we want to dig into it kind of as a starting point. I think that there's a conversation that we need to have. The birds and the bees right now. Nope. Shadowscape (laughs) podcast. Here comes the birds and the bees. I think we need to have the terminology conversation because you and I have both had this conversation with people before where terms in the music industry have become fluid and they mean different things now than they did 20 years ago. And, you know, we all know what a record label is. And we all know what a manager is, but the boundaries of manager sometimes cross over with the boundaries of producer and the boundaries of co-writer now blend over to producer or engineer. Like I would consider myself a producer, but I don't necessarily join the band for the writing process like you do. You know what I mean? I'm a bit more hands off and you're very like controlling. No, not at all. (laughs) But I just mean like in a very caring way, it's like if someone hires us and they want us on a project, typically they want your creative brain and you almost join the band for the sake of that artist to help them write. And one of the terms that I think like for a long time, both of us heard, but even as professionals, there was a while that we didn't fully understand, which was publisher. So, you know, we've heard the term A&R and we've heard the term publisher. And I, I, at least for me anyway, I, I've been playing without a day job for 10 years now. Like whether it's producing or engineering or performing or whatever. But it wasn't until about five years ago, what, five years ago that you met Jess? Something like that. And you said, I met this producer, this publisher, and I was like, I don't know that I know what a publisher does. And I know specifically that you said that. Yeah. You said, what is that? Well, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I would heard that term thrown right. around. I think a lot of us, uh, we know that there's someone controlling who actually is, well, or we, I guess we think that there's probably someone controlling what songs are on movies or what songs are on TV shows or, or what songs are, you know, I don't think we don't, a lot of us know actually what a publisher does because the word publisher for us, I think is so, uh, glued to like someone who writes a book right? and a music publisher that I think that sounds, it's such a foreign concept. I've been on and off of seven different publishing groups. Um, and each one has been very different. Each contract has been very different and and with Jess even with with Jess which so so Lyric House is a a licensing and publishing company but she will say I'm a sync licensing person you know I'm I'm that it's not straight up old school publishing you know if you look at the uh the definition of publisher you know in the music industry it's labeled as like um, a music publisher for publishing is responsible for ensuring the songwriters and the composers uh, that they receive their payment. Compensation yeah. for royalties. Yeah, so if you look at it in the definition, you're like, well, that sounds completely different than what I thought and completely boring, and I thought that it was something else. 
I don't know. Maybe it, maybe just publishing is just such a loose term now. Maybe it doesn't matter, or maybe we just nobody. At least we don't know what's actually going on in that whole realm. Um, so I think it's it's quite interesting, you know, the differences or the fact that there are differences between sync publishers and and publishers or publishing houses that are just bunch of a bunch of writers who are basically sourcing songs to artists or you know I, there's just such a broad conversation to be had about publishing you know and i i you know i was excited to um have a podcast that was centered around uh publishing um only to find out by the you know by the end of all this that really i think it's going to take five multiple to 10 episodes episodes <laughs> with different kinds of publishers to really start to understand uh, all the different colors that that make up the publishing world and all the different people who it's just it's it's so incredible and i think really just gives a lot of fuel to the idea why we even wanted to start this podcast is highlighting how vast the music industry is in the sense of the amount of different kinds of creatives that make it up and you know i think just ta- you and i talking about creating a podcast like this I was like cool there's got to be at least like 30 or 40 different kinds of people who make up the music industry when in reality it's hundreds my wife and I were talking um actually yesterday about how good the jingles were in the 90s the ones that we still sing to this day yeah I I woke up I woke up literally yesterday uh, like 6 or 6 30 in the morning um She's put makeup on and I walked in the bathroom and I started singing um, the pizza bagel jingle. Mm-hmm. I, I literally pizza woke up. Pizza in the morning, up. pizza in the yes. evening, pizza at supper yeah. time. I, sing it, I, I was singing it last week. Literally no woke up singing that song. It's classic. But I, I would love to know if... If that, if, if jingles like that are the, I want to know if those were like, like, like a lot of songs you hear, um, like on a movie or, or maybe, maybe even a commercial, there's songs possibly that existed before. And, and someone pitched this song that existed for that commercial and they used it. But the pizza bagel song specifically sounds like some guy had to make a call and said, hey, um, Aubrey, uh, we really need a song about pizza, pizza bagels. on a bagel. And then they had to call Clarence, you know, in his studio and be like, hey, Clarence, uh, I got one for you. So we need a song about 30, min- 30 seconds long. Uh, and it needs, Clarence, it needs to talk about pizza. Yeah, anytime. On a bagel. <laughs> and the result of that is you can have pizza in the morning. Yeah, or in the evening. Or in the evening. Or supper time. Yeah, so I just, I know that I've seen some pitches before that I'm like, what did they want? What? You know, like, but let me explode your brain on the opposite end of that spectrum. Don't explode my brain, please. Like a rock. Oh, like a rock. That song is just Ford commercial. But that song was a real song before the Ford You know commercial. what's hilarious? Oh, we can't cut this. That's definitely a, a Chevy commercial. <laughs> like a rock is like the Chevy slogan. But you were no, like, it's not. It's Ford. Built Ford tough is not the same. No, like oh, a rock. Look, we're going to Google this because. We're looking it up right now. Like a rock is Ford. If I'm right, this is going to stay in the podcast. If I'm wrong, we're cutting it. Like a rock, I'm pretty. I'm about a hundred percent sure it's a Chevy commercial. Like a rock. Oh, you're right. I saw Chevy pop hey, up first. Baby. Oh no, Dude. Oh no. We're jumping into a podcast with uh, Jessica Cole from Lyric House, and Jessica is really busy and has a lot on her plate and uh, a team that works kind of around the clock. And so we were able to catch her on a drive uh, across Los Angeles uh, through Hollywood, I believe. On her car's Bluetooth phone. Yeah, on her car's Bluetooth phone. So this is uh, this is our first call-in recording ever. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever done this. Um, 
Sean basically radio shacked his way into me. I, 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 I searched the internet for like apps for, for hours. I was like, okay, how are we going to record, you know, a, a good signal with two of us talking, with two of us talking at the same time and she can hear us both. And I don't, I'm an esoteric, like live in outer space writer guy. Like, I don't know if you're wondering how Shadowscape works. I'm a producer and songwriter and Sean fills in the rest of the brain stuff. Um, <laughs> I like to use my brain to create. Sean also wants us to have a console that works. So, so we need, <laughs> that's why it's in like six pieces right now as so, we record. So yeah, so this is, we're actually going to throw up a video on YouTube, hopefully in the next month or so of how we actually did this because we, you know, as, um, no, <laughs> As kind of blue collar entrepreneurs, if you want to learn how to do something, you go on YouTube and you just type in what you want to learn how to do because that's, that's how you do it. That's cheaper than paying for a $60,000 yeah. college degree. Yeah. It? Yeah. So we went on YouTube trying to find some solution or how, how do other people do these call-in shows and there was really nothing. So uh, we're going to provide some value to the world yeah. and kind of maybe- Do a show, tutorial. Yeah. It's a tor- tutorial of how we did this, but- um, it was an interesting conversation to try to have a conversation with someone halfway across the country while they're in their car. In Los Angeles traffic. In Los Angeles traffic, <laughs> driving to dinner. So it was a cool experiment for us and hopefully we'll get better at it because everyone that we want to interview and who's lined up uh, to do an interview with is us somewhere else in the world. so far away. So yeah, so this is, a, this is a fun conversation we had with Jess, really just trying to... Uh, pick her brain about what she does, what her company does, what made her successful, um, the things that she learned along the way. And honestly, we just wanted to give a big round of applause and just lift up people who are just working really hard to showcase that there are a lot of great songwriters out there. There's a lot of great artists out there and they're giving a lot of people a shot. And that that's really cool to me. And that, that really motivates me, you know, just seeing people within the music industry, just being good people <laughs> and creating great art. is such a refreshing breath of it's, fresh air. It's quite nice. So we just wanted to talk to her, dig into her brain a little bit and hopefully learn all the magic that, that they have at Learcast and, and how we can apply it to kind of what we're doing. Hit the record button. We are here uh, in Shadowscape Records again, this time in the control room. Yeah, so welcome to Kansas City, everyone, or maybe you're in L.A. Just like our guests today on episode two, Jessica Cole of Lyric House. Uh, They are a publishing and licensing company out of Los Angeles, and uh, we are super duper excited to talk to Jessica. Jessica, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Very good. Yeah, we've been building like forever building a studio but we're we're like getting so unbelievably close to finishing a bunch of different like cool big projects yeah i feel like i feel like you guys have been building that for years right like this has been a big project three years that's awesome the best part of trying to build a huge studio is that when you tour um the first two years of building it it makes it really really slow it's really hard to do construction (laughs) remotely yeah Wow, so I can out. only imagine. <laughs> well, good. I'm happy for you. Well, thank I you. I hope to see it. You'll have to come yeah. visit us sometime. So, um, for all of the people all over the world who have no idea who you are and what you do, I would love for you just to tell us all, who is Jessica and what does Jessica do? Okay. Not a big well, question I, at all. Yeah. I mean, who am I as like a person or yeah. who am I as just a business owner because that's two very different things I think but hopefully I've incorporated I mean hopefully I've I've incorporated my myself that much into my business because (laughs) I would hope so but you know um I'm just playing but I okay so I own Lyric House and we are a, a music publishing and licensing company like you said well, okay. So we're a publishing company, but I like to say we're a sync publishing company. So what does that we mean specialize. For- yeah, I'll tell you. So we specialize in placement and TV film, um, ads, trailers, promos, all media, basically. So 
we don't really do like admin or um, what a typical publishing company does. We started out um, in the beginning, I think, Corey, you knew this, but like we started out doing full service, you know, admin as well as creative. But what what does admin mean for our listeners in case they don't know? Admin is like royalty collection, handling the publishing side, um, working with the, the PROs like ASCAP and BMI and gotcha. CSAC and coordinating, yeah, getting the, the publishing income. Um, Doing all the really now, boring stuff. <laughs> that's really important. But um, but but we've kind of I mean, we're about five years old. So um, we've we've done a lot of growing in five years and we've just evolved into a sync publishing house where we do publish writers, but our focus is placing them um, more than just focusing on the back end side, like the royalty side. So, um, you know, we specialize in placement. So sync placement um, where we, we place music on, on all media, TV, film, promos, trailers, all that fun stuff. And, uh, and we, we like have four people and that's what we do all day long. So it's, it's a creative lifestyle that we live. It's so much, that's so much work for four people. (laughs) I feel like it actually, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every time that we have like a few minutes to talk, you're like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I gotta go. It's busy. And it's just like, you try to fit out like a hundred thousand things in one day. Um, and you mentioned, well, that's why, yeah, no, not to cut you off, but that's why we, you know, we decided to, to kind of cut our, our complete full service, um, with the admin because it's just, it's so, much. And, um, it's just not something that like, we feel like it would just kind of takes away from the creativity. And we are just, we do so well in, in the sync world and, and the placement world that we were like, we want to be creative all the time. And we have such a passion for placing our, our artists. So we're like, why not just focus heavily just on the creative, you know? And, and so we've, we've really evolved into, like what I like to call a sync publisher, but you can also call us a licensing company either one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned um, you guys have been around for around five years, which uh, anything succeeding after the five-year mark seems crazy anymore. Um, but for me, uh, you know, I haven't been around or with you guys or, or part of what you're doing um, the entire time, but I feel like... Uh, Several years ago, we met and started kind of working together and to see the the crazy amount of growth um, and just the like just amazing things that you guys have done in the past five years just blows my mind. But what I'm really curious and and I think um, if people don't know you, how did this all happen? Because in some ways, uh, I'm just like, I don't know the whole backstory exactly, but I'm looking at you and this just... One, you're not ruthless. You're not crazy. You're not like this this <laughs> um, this mob boss, cutthroat person that like has just broke down everyone else around you just to to quickly pick up speed and to to build this great business. But I see this like wonderful person with a great personality, with all these great people around her, and and I'm just kind of curious, like how did Lyric House even start? Where where is the ground floor for this? That's a good question. And I actually get asked that a lot because you're not the only one who's like surprised that I was able to um, do everything that I've done. Um, But honestly, you know, I always thought too that you had to be cutthroat to really make it in this business or at least to start a publishing company or start something so big, you know, and, and, and it's a huge undertaking, you know, and, um, it definitely takes a certain type of person, but I've realized that what has actually made us successful is being different and, and being nice. And, um, and honesty is definitely the best policy and just creating relationships and being down to earth and approachable. So I think that that's what has glided us along really beautifully, but how I got started in it is, um, an interesting story. I actually have like prior to 
Lyricals, I, I had kind of zero experience in the, the publishing realm specifically. Um, I've always been a songwriter, um, literally my whole life. I was involved in making music and um, songwriting and, and performing. And I, but I never really knew much about the, the, the publishing side. Um, and until I learned a little bit about it in, in college and, you know, I got my, my B. S in um, in music industry studies, and so uh, th- that was in Denver, and that program was awesome because it kind of gave you a little insight into each part of the industry. So at first, when I was studying, I thought, oh, I want to own my own record label, or I want to be a manager. And you know, when you're in your early twenties, you you have big dreams and you want to do so many things, and um, so. <laughs> I thought I wanted to do one thing and then I, I actually went out and, and, um, managed a few artists and then I realized maybe this actually isn't for me. And then I, um, ended up moving to Nashville for a year and I, I, uh, interned at country music television in the, uh, artist department. So my job was to bring artists upstairs to the studio and, um, and like take them around for interviews at country music television, just kind of everything day to day that they had to do while they were there recording the radio interviews, the TV interviews, all that fun stuff. And, um, and then I got to learn behind the scenes, like what it actually means with music and television. And, and I mean, music videos and television is definitely very different than what I do now, but it, it just sparked my interest more in terms of like, music on television, you know? Um, so as I was in Nashville, I, I learned so much and I realized it, that what I was learning or what I learned in college wasn't necessarily what I actually wanted to do. That and, sounds like the, um, the anthem of America right now. The anthem sure, of, yeah. of American college debt. It goes for a lot of things. <laughs> it definitely goes for a lot of things, but, um, but it is interesting when you you have this dream or you have an idea of what you want to do and you're on that path and then you actually do it. And then you're like, you know what, this actually isn't what I thought it would be or this isn't making me feel how I thought it would. And that's OK, because that could lead you to the next thing. And that's what happened to me. And um, I ended up staying in Nashville for a little bit, absolutely loving it. Um, but I actually went back to Denver, um, for what I thought was going to be a really short amount of time. Cause I was in a relationship at the time with somebody who was still in college and just finishing up their degree. So I thought I would go back to Denver and just wait it out with him. And, um, while I was waiting, you know, I thought, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to songwrite and just focus on myself and then build up, build up my life a little bit to get back to Nashville and really pursue my dreams. And, um, and I actually, while I was in Denver, um, wanted to bring a little bit of like what I learned in Nashville, like the, what I call the Nashville mentality, um, to Denver because I knew that there were so many artists and songwriters in the Denver area that were probably looking for that sense of community that Nashville has. Um, but they couldn't, they didn't move to Nashville for whatever reason, or they, you know, didn't have an interest in Nashville, but wanted that type of, that type of community. And I was like, why, why is there no publishing house here? Why, why is there no like songwriting house or some sort of, you know, community in that sense. And I was like, okay, there's got to be other artists that feel this way. So what I did is I reached out to a couple um, friends that I had that were also songwriters in the area. And I just kind of pitched the idea to them, like, would you be interested if I rented out a room and, um, and just kind of did a songwriting circle maybe a few times a week and we critiqued each other and wrote with each other and just really supportive circle. And everybody was so excited about that idea. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put a name on it. So, um, so I was like, Lyric House, I love that name. And I ended up actually putting that as my, um, my BMI, like, publishing entity name and so that's where it actually got started oh, nice. and actually really i 
Yeah. And so I had saved up a little money and I found this adorable, Corey's actually been there, but it was the first um, Lyric House. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Is that the it, place we had Chinese? The, yes. Oh, that's Ordered the best Chinese, Chinese the ever. <laughs> yeah, but it was such a cute room and it was in this old building in close to downtown Denver. And it started out as a songwriting association, I guess, but or a songwriting circle that really quickly um, turned into more of like a, I want to say association, but it really didn't, ha- I didn't like make it an association. It just kind of started like that for the first say two weeks. And then once I got like more people involved and, um, and realized that we had something really special, I, I, I'm not kidding you. I woke up one morning and this was like maybe three weeks into it. And I just like sat straight up in bed and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to start a publishing company. And <laughs> That's every girl's I, dream. <laughs> and I was like, it just felt so right. I I can't even tell you how right it felt. I was crazy, but I I just did it and I I started it as a publishing company from that day forward. I um, you know, got a lawyer. Uh we wrote up contracts. I I think I um talked to like the the Colorado Association of I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's where it's like a collective of business, like Colorado entertainment businesses. And they put me up as their, as the publishing company of Colorado or something. And so people started to inquire that way. And then really quickly, um, Jonathan, who, uh, you guys have met, he, he's my, he's now my, um, VP of licensing, but, he he actually somehow found us and he applied and I wasn't I didn't have, you know, at the time it was like so soon into it. So I, I really was just kind of building the catalog and I don't even think we had made any placements yet. But um, but but John applied and he came in just he, he convinced me to interview him. And he came in and he was just so interested in being a part of it. And I was like, John, I don't think I can really have you on full time. I I don't think I can pay you very much. And he was like, I don't care. You know, I I just want to be a part of it. And so I hired him and took a chance. And it was the best thing because, you know, he has truly been there from the beginning and has helped me build this thing. And, and he's, he's seen the highs and the lows and been through it all with me. And it's, it's really amazing that I still have Jonathan from the beginning, you know, and, and he's able to tell the the war stories of me and, and all the good times and, <laughs> and I'm telling you the first year was, was really difficult and it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's really hard starting any business, but you know, with, without having any contacts in, in that realm, it's even harder. And also starting it in Colorado, I think, you know, it, it has its positives and, and negatives, but what I really love about our story is that we started it in a place that is, is very unusual to, to start a publishing company, first sure. of all, but, but we were able to get a publishing company, not only off the ground, but, you know, we brought so much great attention to the artists in Colorado by placing them on huge shows. And then we were able to build from there. And it just was such an awesome platform. And I think at year two, we got, um, I think we got like I might have gotten entrepreneur of the year. So I forget exactly wow. what the title was, but it was, it was an awesome honor. And then, um, after that, we actually ended up moving the whole business to LA and, um, within about three months of me moving to LA, I ended up, um, getting hit up by Rolling Stone and got featured as, um, top, like top 10 entrepreneurs of the music industry. And it was just really cool. Cause I was like, wow, you go from, you know, Colorado and just 
like, you know, a few years and then you jump to L.A. And it's scary to, to be uh, a small fish, <laughs> you know, to start <laughs> as a small fish in, in L.A. and then um, get recognized uh, pretty quickly, you know, um, from when I moved to L.A. And that was back in 2014. But it was a really cool progression and a, and a very organic and beautiful beautiful story of like how how we started and 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 the natural organic progression of of where you know where it's all taking us and I just love our story because I, I've never heard anything like it and it's mine it's mine it's my story you know so it, that's it's 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 a really cool thing to 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 talk about because it's not just like oh yeah you know I had an investor and uh, I was previously at this publishing company and then decided to branch off on my own. And, and that's awesome for the people that do that. But I just kind of like having a little bit of a different scenario, you know? You built it from the ground up yourself. Truly. Yes. <laughs> I, well, I think, I, and I could be totally wrong, but I, I don't think I am here. I think what separates you and, 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 and I, obviously I, I know how hard that you work. I know how hard that Jonathan works. And like, I've been in, in your office before and just seen like everyone slaving over like of, of yeah. all these pitches and all these ideas. And, and I know that that plays a big role. Um, but I also know that how different that you guys are from so many other publishing companies. I, I remember the conversation and I've told it several times. Uh, the conversation that we had uh, the very first time we ever, I, I don't know if you called me or something uh, and, and talking about, you know, pitching a song or kind of being kind of working together. And I remember I, I'm, I'm fairly certain in that conversation, it, I, I pretty much was like, what do you want? Like, why are you even talking to me? I'm not interested. Get away. Um, yeah. Which is so like to me now looking at what you guys have done to help me and to help so many like great artists like really find a footing in that world. I, there's just not, I've never ever met another co a publishing company. Really, I've, very, I've met very few people in the music industry period who I feel actually truly love what I'm doing and, and, and didn't even put, they don't, you don't even seem to put yourself in a scenario with an artist that you don't like just want to champion. Like you're obviously right. everybody's trying to make a living and obviously the music industry is a hard place to do that. And, and, and I know how hard this whole ecosystem is, but I was, I was blown away and I'm continually blown away by if anybody on the Lyric House roster that I've ever talked about can speak nothing Aww. but just high, just incredibly high praises for what you guys do and how much you care. And, and, and just, it's, it's such an interesting experience. And, and for me, just being part, um, just a, a part of a publishing like company that actually, uh, it's so, it's so bizarre. I, I, other publishers that I've been on, like I, I was just intimidated by them or scared by them because I was afraid that they were going to hurt my career. And I was afraid that they were just trying to squeeze something out of me. And with you guys, it, it, like I, I remember I, I've been walking into your offices and you, you guys would turn on my music and then just tell me how, how fun this song is. And I just, you, you didn't, you guys just make people feel like, they're the coolest person on the whole planet. And, and I think that that, that is a huge part of why people see what you're doing and, and, and hard work with a great personality and a lot of compassion and love for, for real true art and, and connecting the dots. I, I just think, I think everybody wants to see you guys win just as much as you want to see everyone else win. And, and I think that's just really special. And, I think that there's just so much momentum behind something that people can actually believe in, I suppose. So, right. Well, I really, really appreciate you saying that. And yes, I mean, that's super important to us as a company because I am genuinely in love with everything that we sign. And I mean, we, 
collectively, if we find an artist and, you know, say I find an artist, I mean, I don't, I don't do A&R as much as I, I, I used to, or, right. you know, I wish I had more time for it. But um, if I did find an artist that I was super excited about, I mean, I would share it with the rest of the team and, and hope that they'd be just as excited as I am, because I think that's super important that we're all in agreement and we're all super passionate right. about that artist. And if we're going to pitch something, we have to believe it. We have to believe in it. And, you know, it, 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 there's so much noise out there, you know, and it's just like I'm not in in the market of just pitching songs to pitch songs or be a priority pusher or whatever. Like, I just I want to share music that I'm genuinely in love with and that that touches me, you know, and I want because music is so powerful. I want to make a difference in in helping an artist get their footing, like you said, and get in, in front of a lot of people and, and, you know, a lot of ears and at the same time helping their career, but also helping out my clients like the music supervisors and, and the networks and everybody that's looking for that perfect song for their trailer, for their TV show, for that specific episode. You know, I just, I want to help with music. And that is like what I was put on this planet to do, you know, and I feel like I'm, I'm doing that. So yes, when, you know, you come into the office and we we're playing your music, it's because we're genuinely in love with it and we want you to know. (laughs) It's so interesting. You guys are, you're basically no one in the world would ever know, but you guys and what you do, you're really curating the soundtrack to everyone's life. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. It's true. It's true. Especially these days with, you know, TV and film is such a powerful tool in finding that new awesome artist. And Shazam, of course, is helpful with that. But um, but it's it's amazing how much it's become like radio. So that, that makes our jobs that much more impactful and important. You know, I was just going to say it's, it's refreshing because it's rare so many times uh, to the artist when people in the industry are interested in being their advocate. Um, And a, a lot of times in the music industry to be someone's, to be the advocate of an artist means that you have to be, um, against the man, you know what I mean? That you have to be anti, uh, the, the, the big corporations. I think it's so beautiful that instead you're able to curate a symbiotic beneficial relationship for both sides of the industry to, um, to, to benefit from each other. Um, it's just so true that everyone can win if we choose to let everyone win. It's, you know, it's not, it's not the big corporations and companies trying to screw the artist out of something and it's not vice versa, but it's, it's a, or just get the most out of the budget or something. Like obviously that's important. And we always, we always, uh, try to get as, as much in terms of the fee as we possibly can. But sometimes it's just a matter of like, look, this, this music supervisor only has a certain amount for their budget. And this is a great opportunity, which will have, you know, 10 million viewers and listeners in one episode. I mean, let's do this, you know? So I'm just, I'm about the opportunity. It has to be a good opportunity, obviously for everybody, but, um, but I, I would never want to get in the way of someone's success. If it's something that brand for their career, you know, and so, yeah, that's such a beautiful attitude. And we commend you for that. High five. (laughs) High five. So one thing we literally just did that together in the studio. Um, One thing that I think we're all kind of wondering now is what's Lyric House up to right now? Some things that you're that you've done recently that you're really excited about or uh, or that you're working on at the moment or new people on the roster that, that you're really excited about? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's a big question. Well, as far as like things that we've done recently, um, we did the Kingsman two trailer and actually this is like something I'm really excited about because I feel like, um, trailer wise, cause we work with a lot, uh, in terms of a lot of trailers and campaigns and promos. We do a lot of that. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed like, the dark covers, you know, that's a big thing. Um, and it doesn't seem to be going away, which is fine, but, um, they're used a lot in, in trailers and promos. And 
I actually think it's pretty awesome because it, it, it could give, um, you know, an independent artist that footing into that, into, you know, a trailer or some huge campaign and, um, get recognized that way with doing, you know, some cool reinvention of a hit, hit song. Um, so, so that's something that we work on in terms of like, making sure that we're being innovative with campaigns and new songs. And um, I work a lot with trailer composers that like to collaborate with up and coming artists. So then you put that together and you have some really badass, you know, big cinematic um, trailer cues. And, um, and it excites me right now because the Kingsman trailer that we got actually was a mashup of um, one of our songs by Aposh. It's um, he's like a electronic um, kind of, he does like, it's really cool. It's like kind of fusion. It's like um, electronic meets like, orchestral and and he actually infused hip-hop into it it's so massive like you should check it out yeah how do you spell that for our listeners it's a-p-a-s-h-e it sounds like a poshy but it's a posh um and it was actually mashed up with with the who um no way and yeah and it was you should check it out go go check out kingsman 2 um and watch the trailer and I don't just love this trailer because it's our, it's mashed up with our song, but it's just so innovative and exciting. And I just feel like this is kind of going to be the next wave of what the, the campaign world is going to be looking for is like, yes, the dark, the dark covers and those type of things will always be in, but it's, it seems like doing the modern take of an old classic in this regard like with a mashup versus a reinvention right. of a cover you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's just it's so innovative to me i love it creative and, process yeah so and i mean my husband's a trailer supervisor so i discuss this with him all the time <laughs> and uh and he, he, yeah and he agrees with me so you know we we always try to figure out like what's that next sound like what's going to be in next and it's it's fun but um, it's it's cool to try to predict um, what the next big sound is going to be and uh, try to be ahead of the game on that but as far as like stuff other stuff we've been working on I mean we we get a lot of TV spots um, a lot of promos uh, we did the um, <clears throat> the Beastmaster two trailer um, on Netflix. Uh, we get a lot of promos, so we did the SEAL, I think it's SEAL Team, uh, is it called SEAL Team? Yeah, a lot I of CBS so. stuff. Um, and then uh, the All I See Is You uh, international trailer, we actually just got that one like two weeks ago. It's with Blake Lively. Oh, nice. Yeah, have, you yeah. seen that? have you seen Yeah, so, um, so yeah, we get a lot of like TV spots, trailers, promos. We work in that world a ton. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, if people are interested in seeing more of what we, like, our our active placements, we update it every week or so. It's on our website, and you just go to the placements page, and you can see everybody we work with and, like, everything we do. We actually also did the World Series um, promos, too. I saw so that. That's, that's, that was it's pretty impressive. Like for someone like myself, I guess, who's been around long enough to like see some of this arc happen in real time. And, you know, for yeah. it, it just to, just to go, huh, holy crap. That's awesome. Go Jess, go team. Go. I know we started, we started as a little indie. <laughs> no, it's really cool to, to, to be like a part of such a, a beautiful evolvement, you know, of like five years, like every year it has been like triple of what we did last year, which is so cool, you know? And I, I don't know. I, I love it because it's all been so organic, you know? And all because everyone that we have on a roster is amazing. Obviously. It is quite the family <laughs> of people who are just all trying to support each other. I don't know a single artist on the roster that it seems like when one, one, 
girl or one guy gets a, a pitch, it's like everybody's like, that's great. That's awesome. And and it's Good never, yeah, it's never this, oh, I wish I would have got that or, or what, uh, what is my doing wrong? You know, it's just a lot of people just really cheering for one another. And I just, that's such a bizarre thing for that to actually happen in the music industry. And so needed. <laughs> so needed. I know. And that was the whole point of what I was trying to accomplish, you know, is the sense of community and you know just being there for each other and building each other up and and just making sure that it feels safe you know and and in your creativity and anything that that we all do so for lyric house i know you i know we have you on a drive to a dinner and i know we don't have you for long but, <laughs> but i we should have talked about that at the beginning yeah <laughs> it's all good if they've That's stuck okay. with us this long then they're, they've almost made it um uh, i just had a couple questions um one um where where do you guys go from here? Do you feel like, hey, we're 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 finally rolling along, and if we can keep this up, we're good? Or if I know you, and I know all, all the people who work for you, it just seems like the sky, you know, the stars are the limit. And uh, but what's what's growth for you, and and what what what's success for you at this point? Like, where do you want to see uh, Lyric House go in the future? Actually, I feel like in the last year in particular, we've really been a part of um, developing artists more. And I can see us continuing to do that. And and we, we started kind of developing artists more in regards to sync, but it's turned into this kind of um, process where we're developing the artist to be an artist. You know what I mean? So it might be a producer who used to be an artist and now is interested in becoming an artist again and just is really talented and multifaceted, um, can sing, write and everything and just knows the sync world, but wants to actually put it out there and, and have maybe like a indie label or, or, cause we do act kind of like an indie label sometimes, um, but have a presence behind them, you know, and we've been doing that a lot. Um, and like we, we did that with Zade Wolf and we've had Boy, tons isn't of he doing something. Yeah. <laughs> He's and such it's a powerhouse. Because, Go, you guys. I know. I know. He's amazing. And that's a, an example. I mean, he's very multifaceted. He actually used to be in a band like 10 years ago. It was a successful band. And, and then he just went into producing for, for years and um, didn't think that he'd go back to towards the the artistry side of it and then Zade Wolf happened uh, kind of by accident but it it's it sparked something in me and it sparked something in him where we both were like oh my gosh we have something here and then that's when you know as a team we were like okay this is awesome like we really can develop artists and we can do this in that capacity and um and it's been so much fun so i i see it going in that direction even more. And I'm always looking for that next, you know, talent and, and, um, kind of diamond in the rough or raw talent that, um, I want to develop or, I mean, you know, Zaid wasn't a diamond in the rough. He's always been a diamond, He's but, just a um, diamond. <laughs> he just started a new project that, you know, we, we all fell in love with and just decided to delve into together. And that's when, aid was born so um but i'm looking for um more opportunities like that but also uh just finding people that really resonate and can move you you know and that you feel like that i feel like i can take on in a in a in a creative sense and just be very hands-on with, cause I like to be hands-on. Um, I think it's because I'm a songwriter as well. And I get to be creative in that sense, um, as well as in the business sense. So if I can be hands-on, um, with both sides, even better. So, uh, I, I love doing those projects. I'm definitely looking to do more of those in, in the next year. So I'll be doing that. <laughs> And, and yeah, we'll just continue to, um, keep on the path that, that we've been on. I mean, it's, it's been great. It's been super successful and we, we love the growth and, um, and we feel like we are a well-oiled machine at this point and, you know, we're, we are a family, you know? So I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking to, to continue on that road, you know? So yeah. Uh, if 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 five years has gotten you this far, I'm 
very excited to see what 10 and 15 looks like. <laughs> Me too. I don't want to know what I'll look like then, but. Uh... <laughs> I think that, that probably goes for all of us. Maybe we'll look exactly the same. Who you knows? never know. Technology could oh, advance to that point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. And I won't have to look like a homeless Jack Sparrow anymore. Well, I'll probably always oh, look that's... homeless. <laughs> Isn't that kind of in, though? Like the, God, I hope <laughs> the homeless so. look. I'm sure so. so. I'm praying so. I'm... If Hobo Sheet goes out, we're, we're done. We're done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. No, you just got to keep it in. <laughs> we'll just tell everyone. It, it's fine. This is if cool. This is what's cool. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if people want to keep up with you guys and keep following your stories and the things that are happening for you guys, um, new new pitches and, and whatnot, where, where's the best place to keep in touch and, and follow you? Um, actually, probably Instagram. We try to keep it as updated as possible. Sometimes we can't update our placements um, as they go because we'll be told afterwards that something went through or, you know, something like that. But most of the time we update as soon as the information is given. Um, so it's kind of fun to see it in real time and support other artists and, you know, find new artists on there. And we like to post like new music Fridays and all that fun stuff. So, um, so definitely Instagram. I'm really bad at the Twitter, the Twitter. The that. Twitter. <laughs> oh, that's good. You should tweet I, that actually. Okay. <laughs> I'm really I, I bad was at the totally, I'm tweeting no, that right I was now. totally, <laughs> I was totally going to say quoting you on the Twitter. Twitter account. No, I'm bad at the Twitter account, but, um, no, I'm bad at the Twitter. Oh. I'm actually really bad at keeping up with Twitter, but, um, Me too. I, you know, I'm not I surprised to, that the owner of a, of a company like yours might not have time for the Twitter. I know the Twitter, like <laughs> I really need, I need like someone just to update the Twitter, but, um, <laughs> are you advertising? You're looking for an intern. We can probably hook you up. Yep. We can always find Actually, <laughs> we we're always looking for good interns, but we have two at the moment that are awesome. So, um, yeah, <laughs> if, if there's somebody who wants to just do social media, that would be helpful. Especially I'm if sure. you guys want it for free. We want a free intern that's better than a paid intern just doing social yeah. media just for Jess. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we can make it happen. Yeah, it's I think, LA. Yeah. Oh, totally. There's someone for everyone, right? Right. Um, oh, yeah. But I think Instagram is probably the best. Well, and Facebook. We do try to keep up with the Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook. You're nailing it right now. I know. I'm, I'm totally. <laughs> so I have, I have one question for you before we wrap these things up. And, um, and by the way, thank you so much for being yeah, on the seriously. podcast. We are super, super excited um, that you, I know you have a super busy schedule, so this means a lot to us. But my one question for you is, out of all the music in the... Actually, I have two questions. I got I to gotta, I gotta ask this question first, but then I got a second question. It's, it's good for me. But anyway, okay. first question. And this is a staple for the Shadowscape podcast. I need to know, out of all the music in the world, what is your favorite record of all time? Oh my god! <laughs> That's such a mean question. I didn't know you were asking. That that. Is the best so part mean. is that really oh, mean. She's heard more music than anyone on the planet. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't. Probably not. <laughs> um, you know what? Ugh, that's so difficult. Oh my god! Can I do it by like artist who I really love sure. from like who's who's really been influential in my life i guess sure. absolutely um yeah because like one record oh my god that's really hard <laughs> um you know what i so many so many artists have like just blown me away throughout my life like you know even the temptations like yeah. i'm just continuously blown away by the temptations and um in terms of like every time I listen to you know, pop on an old record, like it's that feeling all over again that you've heard it for the first time. Yeah. And, the, and I think the reason why I love oldies like that is because 
that feeling like when your parents are listening, we're listening to to a, an old record or, you know, just playing it in the background when you're a kid. And it's just like you idolize your parents so much. So it's a, it's that nostalgic feeling all over again when you listen as an adult. So I have so many of those because like my parents would listen to like Carol King and, you know, James Taylor and uh, all the oldies, um, Temptations, like literally all the Motown stuff is my favorite. So I don't have one favorite. I do love the Tapestry record, though. Um, Carol King. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Tapestry. Well, um, apparently the, your your taste from your parents. That's it's this is your whole career is their fault. I'm, I'm now understanding. I know. I know. No, it's actually true. That's so great. <laughs> That's so great. It's such a big influence. Like, yeah, I, I, there's so many different artists that have influenced me throughout um, the years. Like even Sarah McLaughlin influenced my songwriting when I was in college, you know, and, um, and actually got me to play the piano. And, and like, it, it's just like, there's, it's hard to just pick one because there are different points in your life that are so significant when you're, you know, remembering an artist or listening to an album and it just it feels like it's changing you or it feels like it changed you you know and so I can't just pick one <laughs> I really can't <laughs> I, I, but, I um, will be surprised if we ever have a guest ever who, who can will pick actually one. answer that question yeah. I know I wouldn't yeah I, I think that's a so better cool. way to take the pressure off is to say right now at this point in your life, like at this season, oh, yeah. this four month window. I really like the pressure though. I, I really want them to feel like, like the this weight. is being written in stone. <laughs> and 10 years from now, when you look back on this, yeah, this wh- is still written in stone. Why did I say Smash Mouth? Oh, why? Man. Oh my God. <laughs> Smash Mouth. At one point, it was it was Nickelback for all of us. At no, one point. It's only been for you. <laughs> right. No. Or Puddle of Mud or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I love now. Um, there's a lot of artists I really love, but you know Adele actually really has my heart. I oh, love man. Adele. Her she, new she, record like, is great. Do nothing wrong. She I know. I, she she's amazing, and I I hope she continues to make records because she keeps like going on hiatus, and I'm like, yeah. no, come back. Please, I, 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 love, <laughs> I love it though because she's like, I'm. Just gonna do whatever I want. I hope you guys like it. I know. That's that, that too. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So her probably modern day, like what I really love now is This is why we're like friends. Adele. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I only have, I only have one question for you. Okay. There was a song that you wrote a few years back that you were like, check this song out, it's pretty cool. And I don't I don't know if anyone has ever heard it. But and I don't know if I can say it, and you can tell me if I have to edit this out. But you wrote a song called "Ghost Town," and I love that yeah. song so much. Is it ever gonna find the light of day? I, I want to hear uh, it. That is a great song. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I wrote that with a, a actually um, a friend and a fellow songwriter in Nashville. His name is Brian Edwards, and I actually haven't talked to him in years. Um, but we, yeah, we had like one writing session together. Um, but he was a friend and he's great. He's very talented. He's actually had some hits under his belt. But that was when I was writing country music for a blip of time. And I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, Ghost Town turned out pretty good, huh? I loved it's it. Great song. I, I, I have it like saved like on like a, a computer. Yeah. And like once a year, I'm like. It's ghost town time. And like, I just, I think that song's so killer. And I think what's what's so frustrating is I know how good that song is. And you hear particularly so many country records. You're like, "Ah, guys, I I really know we can do better than this. Yeah, country was going down the drain. You know, you could say that about all genres probably. But, you know, in a marketplace where like, I know that people want great songs, you know, for artists. And, and a lot of those artists are actually, you know, taking other writers and using their songs. It's just, I've always been so sad that that song hasn't found its home yet, but maybe. Well, I appreciate that. Well, maybe it's just a matter of 
you know, pitching it to the right people, but I, I didn't really pitch it because right. I, again, we we're focused in sync. So like, we don't really do the artist right. placement thing. Um, but I think I have pitched it a few times for some specific country spots, um, or country needs in sync, but I don't think I've ever placed it for that. It's so, it's so specific, you know, I think it's better suited to be pitched for an artist because it, it does sound like a, a great demo to be pitched for an artist, you know? So maybe you're going to inspire me to pitch it for that. I don't well, know. Just in case like Alison Krauss is listening or something right now, <laughs> I know for a fact we she have is. a song called ghost town for <laughs> you and we would like you to put on oh your next record. God. So you're so funny. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for the support. I appreciate that. That that one is special. I really like that song too. Yeah. So I'm glad you do. One of these days we're just <laughs> going to have to rifle through all of your whole catalog as you, for you as a writer because I feel like you examine all these other people's catalogs and all their songs and I don't feel like en- yeah. enough people are getting to hear what you're writing so it would be fun well you know what's funny I actually write on a lot of our projects now that nice. we develop so uh they do hear it but oh, they just don't know that I'm a know. co-writer nice no just sneaking in so there. yeah so awesome. uh it's it's sneaky but it's it's good so <laughs> no I like it <laughs> it's good because I I again I get to be creative and uh get to you know, do both sides. And it's, it's a perfect balance for me because it fulfills my creative soul, you know, without sometimes even going to the studio, like I'll just sit at my desk and, you know, send notes back and forth on email or text or phone call, whatever it is. It's, it's nice. It works, you know? So Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Kind of found that nice balance. And then sometimes, sometimes I'll lend my vocals on, what? um, tri- on trailer songs, oh, yeah. Oh, see, this is yeah. new. I didn't know. This. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I don't talk about it. No one. I actually also go by a different name. So, do you really? Which, what is it? Tell, tell us what it is. Us. We won't tell anybody. No, you guys, we'll I can't. Podcast, but we won't tell anybody. No. <laughs> is it Mariah Carey? Carey. Yeah. Mariah Carey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mariah Everybody, Carey. if you look up Mariah Carey right now. That's Jess. That's actually Jessica Cole. Yeah. So enjoy it. Interesting. I just want you to know, by the way, that I did just quote you on Twitter just now during our podcast live. I'm <laughs> bad at the Twitter. I am bad at the Twitter at Jessica, well, at Lyric House. But you can probably see that my account has not been updated in like maybe two years. Two years so <laughs> I'm. My hope was that you would see all like all the love that this tweet gets and maybe it'll welcome yeah. you back into the Twitter sphere. Honestly, but just, I won't see it because I won't check well, it. No, see, well, here's the thing. I tweet once a month. I tweet once a month. So I don't know that anyone else is going to okay. see it either. Yeah, let's, let's just be okay. honest. Let's be honest. At one point, Sean tweeted that babies were ugly. So. <laughs> if you oh, are wow. ever bored, you should just go read my tweets. Sean, Sean literally tweets just to see if people will pay attention. It's, this is not an exaggeration. I I explain my Twitter philosophy like this. I am walking down a hallway and there is a room full of random people sitting silently. I open the door. I yell the strangest thing I can to confuse them. And then I walk away giggling, wondering what they're thinking. That's how I treat Twitter. Twitter is a weird dartboard for Sean. (laughs) It really is. That's amazing. Yeah. I'll definitely have to go on there. <laughs> There's some weird ones. Oh, it's a God. good, like, four glasses of wine in, uh-huh. laying in bed, yeah. just, just questioning life type oh, situation. Yeah. Right. right. That's awesome. Guys. I'm so glad I take my career seriously. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, you can't, like, be too serious. No. You know what I mean? And you can't take that's Twitter so too funny. seriously because it will it'll you'll just be depressed. You. Well, that's why I <laughs> treat it so strangely. True. I have social anxiety and I can't hang on to social media for that long. It can't hold my attention for that long. So oh my uh, I'll, I'll pop in, do something weird and pop out and just wait that, and see what happens. That's just his personality. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. That makes you that makes you different, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> I agree. Different is a good word for that. Thanks, guys. I love you. <laughs> well, once again, everyone, this is Jessica Cole from Lyric House. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm good with words today. We're doing well. Jessica so Cole? 
Yeah, Jessica Cole. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Thank you so much for lending us all your wisdom and all your cool stories about the publishing world, which is so crazy, confusing, and different to so many people. So it's great to, to kind of see into that world and see what it's like. I hope that you'll come yeah. visit us in Kansas City. Please come visit us. Jessica's going to come record yeah. a song in Kansas City. Yeah, at Hold our studio. Yeah. yeah. Come re-record Ghost Town. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe I'll tell you I'll tell you the name that I go by. Oh, maybe. Snap. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Snap. Well, sincerely, thank you so much for your time, especially while you're driving. I know driving in LA is the worst. Um, yeah, but you so, guys, you guys kept me company, so well, thank, thank you. you. That means the world. We we wish you the best and much growth. Um, please, if you guys are listening, go check out Lyric House. Whether you check out their website, what's your website? It's lyrichouseco.com. Okay, um, and check out their Instagram and show them some love. Follow her on Twitter. <laughs> Follow, her on awesome. Follow me on the Twitter. <laughs> on the Twitters. I really hope that maybe you've learned something or smiled a bit or just really enjoyed getting to know Jess and more about Lyric House. We hope that you enjoyed yourself. Um, we're going to put uh, a few different links up on the website uh, about Lyric House and just about what they're doing. And also just a few links to different articles that we find interesting about publishing, how to get into that world, how to maybe if you're kind of, you've been around for a long time and you've kind of thought about like, man, I really would really like to find a publisher. I'd really like to get into that, that world. Uh, we're just going to try to include some resources for you on the website just to kind of help you out. Uh, like we said before, we don't know everything about the publishing world. Uh, it's a vast and diverse system and there's a lot of terminology and weird words and weird concepts and and legal rights, and there's a, there's a whole plethora of things that confuse you uh, if you have never kind of been in that world. So we're just going to put some resources uh, up at shadowscaperecords.com uh, so that you can kind of dive into that on your own on your own time and hopefully learn a thing or two. Once again, thank you guys so much. This is the Shadowscape Podcast, and we'll see you later. <laughs>